Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. Wisdom can either be spoken from the <clears throat> straight truth or from the relative illusion with the effort to make it clear that that illusion is illusion. But by ratifying the illusion, by beginning with the premises of the illusion, it seems to agree with the ego's desire to remain in illusion by finding it difficult to let it go. And this is why there are two attitudes towards such <clears throat> central concepts as yoga. Because from the perspective of the illusion of duality, yes, you have to unite. We unite what? The booty, the intelligence, with the truth. But is it really a uniting of two separate entities? Isn't the intelligence, the booty itself, the manifestation of the truth? Unless the booty is in love with its illusion. And so from the position of the truth of non-duality, there is no yoga involved. There is simply the letting go of the desire to hold on to the ignorance that keeps the illusion going. And that's not a doing. The letting go is simply dropping the deception, dropping the facade, dropping the belief system that keeps the illusion in place. And the only impediment is the booties attachment to its egoic identity. Even though the egoic identity is the cause of its suffering. And that resistance becomes magnified by the fact that once one's booty is in the egoic identity, 
it has lost 99% of its intelligence because its capacity to understand the real requires it to let go of the egoic identity, which shreds its ability to think clearly. So this is the catch-22. You have to have already let go of the illusion in order to be able to think clearly enough to see that it is an illusion. And the reason that's true is that the illusion seems completely real once you fall into it. In the same way that when you're in a dream at night, it seems completely real. Until the alarm clock rings and you realize, oh no, it was a nice fantasy. Or maybe not a nice fantasy. But then you have to face the fact that you've got to get up and come to meditate. And so many people prefer the fantasy of the ego that keeps them from having to wake up. And so this is the only question, really, that everyone has to answer. Do I want to wake up? Or do I want to stay in the illusion? The problem in even trying to answer that question, though, comes with the fact that the buddhi in the illusion doesn't know what waking up means. And therefore, when it hears teachings coming from an awakened being like Sri Ramana Maharshi, it doesn't know what to make of such statements as the fact that there really is no world. This really is a dream. Do you get that? Do you get it that this is a dream? It's not real at all? You see, the ego doesn't want to get that. So what do you mean it's a dream? You know, I got things to do, and I've got, I got weddings to plan, and I've got quilting festivals to go to, and I've got uh, other weddings of friends to attend, and I got places to go, and I got music to practice, and you know, I've got money to make, and I've got all kinds of plans, and. I've got all kinds of traumas I've got to heal from, and I've got all kinds of uh, friends I've got to stay connected with on Facebook. And, you know, the illusion uh, is a full-time occupation. <laughs> I don't have time to think about waking up, nor do I want the time. If I have too much time, then it's a problem. I've got to fill it with more distractions. Because it could be very dangerous to get too close to waking up. Literally, your whole world's going to fall apart. And that's the question, is how much do you value the, the real that you will only know once the ego's world has fallen apart? But there are different ways to make it fall apart. You know, you can make it fall apart gracefully. And then you can use the uh, 
the lumber that the dream was made out of to build an edifice that's much more beautiful. Because the same power of the imagination that went into creating the ego illusion that produces all your suffering can also create a kingdom of heaven. And it can also bring you out of all of the kingdoms of illusion, whether they're pretty or ugly, into that eternal light of bliss that is worth a lot more than any illusion you could create. So, the question of recognizing that you have jumped into a false self. You have jumped from the real of pure presence that is not a person and that has no world, no dream, just in the same way as in deep sleep in the middle of the night there is no world, there are no others, but it's very peaceful. And if you were awake in deep sleep, which is the definition of meditation, isn't it? Jagrat Sushupti. It's the one true uh, definition of what meditation really is. Because what is deep sleep? It's worldlessness timelessness. But the problem is you don't appreciate deep sleep because you're not awake in it. But if you were awake in your deep sleep, you would realize that you are God. That what you are in the deep sleep is eternal light that is infinite and untouched by suffering, untouched by the changes that are forced upon consciousness within a dream in which one creates forces that one cannot control. Because, you see, why, do, why does one create a, a, a dream in the first place? You create a dream because you don't want that bliss of the deep sleep because you might not want to come out of it. You might not want to wake up. It's too tempting. And so you prefer a dream in which it's not so tempting to stay stuck, even though the reason you do it is because of loneliness. So long as there is any tendency to believe that you are an individual separated from God, then you want to have friends, you want to have a lover, you want to have security, you want to have a situation that you can depend on, a ground that you can walk on, a territory that you can claim. You want to have familiarity of signifiers. You want to trust that the food you're going to eat is going to taste a certain way. 
You want to be able to have regularities that create cycles that are repetitive, that you can predetermine, ah, it's going to be springtime, the groundhog has revealed itself, I can trust, now certain weather patterns will ensue, etc., etc., and have some feeling of control over what you are calling reality, which is a dream. And yet, in order to believe that it's reality and not a dream, it has to not be in your control. It has to resist you. Because if everything happened in accord with your desire, you would know you're in a dream. You would know that this can't be real because it's all happening because I want it to happen just this way. And therefore, the ego doesn't want the power to be able to say, well, I'll think this person is coming up the trail and they'll be here. Because if that happens too often, you can't remain within the illusion that that is really another person, or that you are really a person, or that there's a trail. And so you want things to not work too well. Because if they work too well, you're going to wake up. And once you wake up, the game is over. Because then you can no longer avoid the bliss of realizing that you are the creator of everything in your world. But the you that's the creator of your world is not the you who shows up as a person in that world. It can't be. Because if you showed up as the creator, first of all, everybody else in that world would crucify you. You understand? That's what has to happen once you show up as the creator, okay? The people who have tried it haven't had happy results. The only way to recognize that you are the creator of your world is also to recognize that there is no world. You haven't created anything. And that the world is not what is to be valued. What is to be valued is the self. That manifests as a world of infinitely different beings. But that the one who is believing that they are the one seeing their world is the primary illusion. It's not just that the others are illusory. You see, that's where solipsism takes over from the, the ajata doctrine, you see. And you ha can't fall into the solipsism because that makes you believe, which every ego does believe, I'm the only one who gets it. I'm the only one who is real. I'm the only one, even though you also believe, well, my ego is crazy and I'm stuck and I write and all that, but you also think, but everybody else is worse off and more psychotic, and right? So the, there is still this narcissistic belief that is based on a true understanding, actually, that yes, I'm the creator of my world. But because it's interwoven with the psychotic fantasies of what the ego wants rather than what the creative intelligence of the God-Self wants, it creates this dual conflictive uh, situation in which the world has to seem crazy. 
it has to seem out of control. And the ego has to seem like it must somehow adapt to that out of controlness rather than bring the power of awakening into the dream. Because if you bring too much intelligence, too much willpower, too much creative imagination into the dream, the dream begins to dissipate as an illusion. There's too much awareness. If there's too much awareness, too much presence, the dream starts to just fade into white light. And once that happens, you, you can't retrieve it after a certain point. You're, it's too, too blissful. And you can't stop the full uh, uh, flow of the radiance that washes out the dream and brings you back into Satchitananda. So the effort that's being made behind the scenes of the person level of the illusion is the ego wanting to make sure that this person's uh, reality stays within controllable limits so that it doesn't get either too psychotic or too awakened, but it's got to somehow stay between these two uh, polarities in order to keep on believing in the time-space uh, chronological order of events. But as the various centers of consciousness that are projected out by the ego become themselves more and more dysregulated, more and more undependable because they are now taking on the projections of one's own psychosis. The world becomes ever more ridiculously crazy and all the people in it become more crazy and more uh, indeterminate which makes one then want to withdraw from having to depend on people who could you know, collapse into meltdowns at any point or fury, temp temper tantrums or whatever else. So one begins to notice more and more the instability of every ego. And every ego becomes more and more unstable as one notices it and one's projecting more and more of one's own instability into the other in order to try to hold on to one's centeredness within a field that begins to not be just a dancing landscape but a chaotic war battlefield and, uh, and a field that becomes ever more surrealistic because the projections of the other nodes of the dream are, are becoming ever more, let's say, within their own private language of, uh, of, of a nightmare that cannot be sustained as a reality. Okay, and then as that begins to become clear to each consciousness, the fear of madness that everyone has, secretly hidden somewhere, repressed, begins to erupt. And the more you're aware of your fear of going mad, the more you start going mad, right? Because you, you get what you're afraid of. So at a certain point, you, you want out 
in such a desperate way, but you feel like you can't get out by simply letting go of the illusion because you have already taken on the attributes that were projected onto the illusion as if these are uh, signs that you yourself are insane and that the way out is insane rather than simply a recognition of a truth. Okay? So you can no longer judge, you can no longer assess what is real and what is illusory. This is really the definition of madness. You have no capacity to diagnose what, uh, what teachings are true and what teachings are totally uh, out there in, in some, uh, some totally delusory fantasy. All of this goes back to the fact that thinking itself is illusory. The thoughts that appear in your mind are not your thoughts. They pertain to the person within the context of the end of the Kali Yuga, which is what is being dreamed. And therefore the person that you are becoming, so long as you believe you are that person and that person is real, will be determined by the, uh, let's say, the vanishing point of the perspective of that world which is falling into its own nightmare of the, uh, let's say, the, the complete fruition and fulfillment of the basic premises of egos who are all at war with one another and with themselves that culminates in the, the collective self-destruction. And as you get closer and closer to this vanishing point of Kali Yuga, you get closer and closer to the core of that uh, thermonuclear power that is blowing up the ego. So you are, you are attracted to the, the, the death drive that is involved in believing in the world and at the same time you're trying to pull yourself out of it through recognition that it's only a dream wake up wake up wake up and yet that even that desire to wake up makes you feel more and more crazy okay so anyway I hope I'm trying explaining this in a way that isn't too insane itself uh, you know maybe you can't avoid that in this kind of a situation but the, the point I want to leave you with is this. It requires the radical letting go of the belief in the illusion. The belief that there is a world, that you're a person in that world, and that you have ever left the truth of who you are, which you will regain the moment you recognize that the thoughts that are being projected not just the conscious thoughts, of course, the subconscious thoughts, which represent the, the structure of the fantasy that produces the illusion of a world as a dream. When, when you have let go of belief in all of that, the world does disappear, and what emerges is Satchitananda. And at some point, it will become extremely valuable to know that. 
and to take the step of dissolving your belief that you're a person, but really dissolving it, because everything comes down to, your whole karma, the whole trajectory of your life comes down to your degree of belief in it. The more that you believe in it, the more that you are captured by a reality that will overpower your will and that will begin to determine karmic results that will be overwhelming. If you don't want to be overwhelmed, then you want to have a smaller degree of belief and a smaller dependence on the gambles that your mind is always making that there will be certain outcomes of your actions. Okay? This is why at some point you're going to have to give up the enjoyment of being a gambler in order to recover the one truth that is not a gamble, that is absolute, secure, dependable knowledge, which is that your consciousness will remain here after the world disappears. And the world will disappear. It will either disappear with the death of the body or will, it will disappear with the death of the ego. However, if it only disappears with the death of the body, it's going to reappear because the ego will recreate another dream. And you may not want to have what will be the result of this dream, whatever was incomplete and remains as a residue of, of insane karma that will have to be faced in another illusion of being born to another set of psychotic parents. So I don't recommend that you take that route toward liberation, but take it now while there's a margin before the little boat you're riding in goes over the Niagara Falls. Uh, get out. And uh, this is the the, yeah, the advice that every sage gives, get out of that little trap you're in because you won't like the result when you go over the cliff that is in store for every ego as its rude awakening. So awaken in a non-rude way with the grace of God's love kissing you into awakening rather than shaking you off the bed and onto the floor. It's a much nicer way to reach heaven and uh, return to Satchitananda. I recommend it. And all you have to do is realize, I am. I am I. And with that, I bid you goodbye. Namaste. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website, we thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.